Get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Welcome to Woman to Woman Inspire, where we sip on tea and dive into the matters of a woman's heart. Grab a seat as we take you on a trip of faith-filled conversations. Joining us again for our um, Tuesday night Bible study. Thank you again. Uh, Take the time to share, to invite. Um, Take the time to share on your Instagram. Take the time to share on Facebook. Um, You can share from your YouTube if you have YouTube. Um, Again, I am Brianna uh, Headed. I am... Um, the facilitator of our Bible study every Tuesday night. And I thank you again for joining us. I wanted us to go ahead and start with prayer. Um, And if you guys have any prayer requests, whether you're on Instagram, if you are on YouTube, if you're on Zoom, please put that into the um, comment section below. And we have um, someone who will get with you. If you're on Instagram, it will come in a little bit later. Uh, for your comments, because it's only me, and then also on YouTube, that will come in a little later, but if you're on Zoom, make sure that you put your comments below. Um, So let's go to the uh, Father tonight um, in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Father God, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for doing the things that you have done for us on today, such as waking us up, God, because you didn't have to do it. Somebody somewhere didn't wake up. God, we thank you, Lord, for giving us life, health, and strength, waking us up in our right minds. Thank you for giving us the movement of our limbs, Father. God, we thank you, Lord, for just loving on us, God, like you do. God, we thank you, Father God, for being a good God. We thank you for being a provider. We thank you, Lord, for making ways out of no ways, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that even when it don't look good, Father God, you're still good and you're still working things out on our behalf, Father. God, I thank you for every listener, Father God. I thank you for them that are on. I thank you for them that are coming in, God. God, I thank you for those that will listen to the replay, Father. God, I ask God that as I decrease, you increase, Father. Lord, I ask God that you just have thine way, Father God. God, I ask God that you give me an ear that I can hear you, Father God, ever, Father God, so clearly. God, I ask God that those that are on, Father God, those that shall hear it later, God, that Lord, that you give them something, Father God, that shall change their lives for the rest of their lives, Father God. God, you know your people. You know them name by name. You know them situation by situation, Father God, heart by heart, God. God, I ask God that you meet them now, Father. And Lord, we thank you, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to we're going to go ahead and get started on tonight. Again, thank you for joining us um, for our Tuesday night Bible study. I'm excited about this lesson. Um, this will be my second time teaching this, but I thought it was so good. The Holy Spirit wanted me to um, teach it again. So again, um, thank you for joining us. Our, um, so what we're going to talk about tonight is the state of your character, the state of your character. And we're going to talk about um, a matter of the heart the state of your character, you you are who you are at the very core. Um, And um, it's in in your heart, who you are is in your heart. So I wanted us to, I want to start off by saying that God is not finished with us yet. We are still his workmanship. He is creating in us righteousness and true holiness. That's his character. So all of us that are serving God, he is trying his best to get his character Um, built inside of us 
And as long as we are human, our character is not firm. It is not permanent. We can change our minds and behavior. We can make mistakes and learn from them. We can learn from the fruits of our right and wrong choices. Amen. So since we can change our minds and repent of our errors, God can change us even more and create in us the will and the capacity to steadfastly choose what is right over what is wrong. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good, his pleasure. And you'll find that in Philippians 2 and 13. Throughout our lifetime, no matter the generation, we all have been spoken to or have heard or have been taught at length about the importance of having an upright character. It is especially important for those who serve in any type of leadership capacity to recall these talks. And most importantly, leaders and ministry should always allow the scriptures to guide them and growing in their character. And so we've all been told about um, having good character. We've all been told about having right actions and things of that nature. But now that we are in as adults and we are walking in separate um, facets of life, and mostly of us are lead are leader in leadership. It's really uh, important for us to take the godly teachings that we will that we learn from the Bible and those that we learn from whoever we're sitting up under. Um, a simple search on the topic of character and leadership used thousands of books, speeches, and quotes. Character is so important to us that we even recognize it as one of the principal requirements of trust. And trust is necessary in any number of human relationships, and especially for the healthy functioning of the family of Christ. Christians should strive to be trustworthy, and that's something that's very important. A lot of times you hear people tell us, and you know, I often say it too, I trust the God in a person more so than I trust the person, but I trust that a person will lean more on God than they do anything else, because uh, we're all of the flesh. Uh, Proverbs 11 and 13 tells us that gossip betrays a confidence, but the trust, trustworthy keeps secrets. That means that, you know, the Bible tells us that we ought to go one to another uh, with our faults, confessing our faults, um, that we may be prayed for. But the thing about it is we got to be trustworthy for one with one another. I, it's hard for me to go to someone and confess my faults and I can't trust you because the time time I say it to you, you're running off and you're spreading gossip. You're spreading gossip and you're going back and you're tailbearing. God hates a tailbearer. God hates a gossiper. God, we can go to God at any time and um, say what we need to say to God without worrying about God taking our secrets and telling other people. And so that's how we need to be with one another. We need to have that type of character with one another. And it's a hard issue when you can't do that. It's a hard issue when you feel like you have to go and spread someone else's secrets or something that somebody has entrusted to you. Um, and that tells a lot about your character. That tells a lot about your character. That tells a lot about your heart issues. And your heart is, again, who you are. It's who you are. And so why can't you keep secrets? Why is it that we, you can't be trustworthy? Um, trustworthy? What is the issue? And when we see that someone is not being who they're supposed to be, then that lets us know that that's a person that we can't be around because um, I was speaking to a friend of mine um, on last week and some on this week. And if the, the, the thing about it is bad company corrupts a good character. 
And so if you're a talebearer, if you're a gossiper and I continue to hang around you, then guess what it's going to do? It's going to corrupt me. Your stuff is going to get in me and I'm going to find myself being a gossiper, whether I want to be it or not. But that's what the word says. The word says bad company corrupts a good character. And so if you're around somebody that um, lies and steals and gossips or uh, do whatever that is not of God and you continue to hang around them, you're going to find yourself doing it. That's just the word. Um, and so Jesus tells us, or rather commands us in Matthew 8 and 37, that we who follow him should keep our word. Can we keep our word? If we say we're going to do something, um, do we keep our word? If we can't do something and we know we said we was going to do it, do we let the other person know? And I think this is so good because I was telling my daughter the other day, um, she, her, her and her family, her, her brother and her grandfather was supposed to be going somewhere. Well, Mariah had somewhere else to go first and then she was going to come back and pick up her brother. And her brother was sitting here waiting. And so when she came back, she said, we decided not to go and this and this and this. And I said, well, did you let your brother know? And she said, no. And I said, well, you know, when you can't, you have got to keep your word. So even if you can't do what you say you're going to do, you are more trustworthy when you call and say, hey, we're not able to do it something came up. We're not able to do it. I can't trust somebody that says they're going to do something and then never acknowledge that they didn't do it or they can't do it. Keep your word. Let your yes be yes. Let your nay be nay. And if you can't do it, a simple phone call suffices. That's part of your character. You got to be, we have got to be in the body of Christ, men and women who are upstanding. Not saying that we're going to be perfect, but we got to be upstanding when we are standing saying that we're Christians. The worst thing to present to a lost and dying world with a bunch of people who are saying they don't want to come to church is a bunch of liars because that's what they're going to call us, liars. Well, they lied to me because they said they were going to do X, Y, and Z and they didn't even call me to tell me they couldn't do it. That's a liar. God doesn't do that. If God says he's going to do a thing, then guess what? He's faithful to perform it. He doesn't lie. If he tells you, he's, if he says he's got a promise for you, he's going to give you your promise. Now, sometimes those promises, all, all the time, his promises come with conditions, meaning that if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But he says, willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. That's his promise. We'll eat the good of the land as long as we're willing and obedient. So, you know, we got to make sure that we're standing up and doing what we're supposed to do as people of God. James repeats the same command in James 5 and 12. Christians are called upon to be discreet and refrain from gossip in Proverbs 16 and 28. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. The, the problem with this is that people will go out and the enemy is so crafty because the enemy comes to conquer. He comes to divide. That's his job. And what makes it easier for him is when he has a willing vessel. When he has a willing vessel who's ready to go gather up the gossip, gather up some secrets, and then go and spread it amongst a community or amongst other people. So if one of my sisters in the church comes to me and they're venting to me about another sister, they have an issue with this sister, they can't understand X, Y, and Z. And for me being who I am in Christ, I should be giving sound advice, sound wisdom, or at least praying and then listening to see if God gives me any wisdom. If he doesn't give me anything, that's it. After the prayer, we're done. 
They go on about their way. I go on about mine. But what makes it bad is that if I go and tell the sister that she just vented to me about everything that she said. Now I'm separating friends because it could be something simple that they can just work out. She needed to get it out because at that time she could not speak to them because of the way she was feeling. She knew that it wouldn't go well because of how she was feeling. You just never know. But still at the end of the day, it's not for me to go back and talk to somebody else about what somebody has been to me. And I have seen a lot of divisions that have come forth inside churches because people can't keep their mouth closed. And we're just gonna say it like it is. People can't keep their mouths closed. Um, we can't be that confident to one another because we're, re we're ready to take what we hear and go and spread it to somebody else. And nothing that is said, that it shouldn't be said, God will allow it to just be, to just lay dormant. You're gonna be found out because God has a way of doing things. And that's just what it is. And it's ugly um, when you have bickering inside of a church because of gossip. It's ugly when um, you have gatherings at your home in the name of Christ and you have gossip going on and you have bickering because people are spreading each other's secrets. That's not the way that things should be done. Amen. And also remember that this is open. If you have questions, if you want to chat, um, please let us know. Put it in the chat box and myself or Sister um, Shelly will get it and we will um, address your questions or we will read um, your input. Please, again, this is not just me talking. If you have input, uh, please make sure that you get it and put it in the chat. So 1 Timothy 5 and 13 says, beside that they learn to be idlers going about from house to house and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. And again, that's a matter of the heart. Most people would never consider following someone with a past filled with suspicious moral or ethical choices. Unfortunately, the, there appears to be a general oddness in our society between what we say we value and what people actually allow. And this, again, is another heart issue because I can say that these are my values. This is what I uphold, but then turn around in my actions to pick something totally different. I love the Lord. I serve him to the day that I die, but, but, but get me mad enough and watch what, and watch the type of person I really am. Um, the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. What do we do when we get angry? What do we do when we find out that sister such and such was talking about us? How do we handle those things? How do we handle, um, pressures in life? How do we handle when storms arise in our life? How do we handle those things? How do we handle when we have to separate from people that are no longer conducive to our lives anymore? How do we handle those things? And I think this is so important simply because I had a situation where I had to separate. And the first time I separated, it was, an, uh, it was ugly. It was ugly. And God had to really deal with my heart. He had to deal with the things that were in my heart because anytime we separate, or there's a disagreement when we harbor onto anger, when we harbor onto unforgiveness. And that's where I can be honest. I had unforgiveness in my heart. God had to deal with me with that. And so what God did was make me go back into a situation to get that thing right. So when it was time to depart again, I could depart in peace and not in unrest. So I was able to depart in peace, not have to look back 
and keep it moving and do the things that God had me to do freely because I didn't have, I wasn't bound up in something that I was bound to due to unforgiveness. Far too often, social media is filled with sorted stories about the shameful actions of people who are our society's supposed role models. Pastors, bishops, evangelists, and like being taped, videoed, doing and saying things contrary against the person they show to be in public. They show themselves to be in public. And this is something that is very um, coming popular. I want to say popular because a lot of people are being shown on the Facebook doing all types of different things. I think it was last year or maybe in 2019 where a pastor was having a, um, a illicit affair with a, with a woman. Now, they had to been having an affair for a long time. I mean, because some of the things they were doing on that tape was just what a, mar a man and a, 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 a husband, a husband and a wife would be doing. But for whatever the reason, she chose to videotape it. And when she videotaped it, it went all over the media, whether on purpose or not. But at the same time, you got to be careful because here it is, you are a pastor. Your pastor. And so there it is, a damage, another blow to the body of Christ because you're doing something in the dark that you really can't be doing in the in the light. And that's not the person that you portrayed in the public, not in that pulpit, not to your wife. You vowed to be faithful to your wife, but yet you have a you're having a whole affair with someone else. And it's now it is being publicly shown. And so if you don't do it. If you do, or if you are doing things in the in secret that you can't, um, or you don't wouldn't want somebody to see in the light, then that means you shouldn't be doing it. And I believe that God is sending us strict warnings and strict, um, you know, He's giving us grace. But some of us really need to get it together because it's a difference when Paul says, "Don't be a stumbling block unto your brethren or your sister," meaning that if you're a person who drinks wine and you feel like it's, it's all right, it might be a conviction or a stumbling block for your sister or your brother. So they might know you drink it, but don't you dare go to their house and drink it. Don't you dare, even if they come to your house, don't you dare drink it while they're in your presence because that could be a stumbling block. You might like R&B music and it doesn't do nothing to you. You just like the beat of the music, but it's convicting to your brother or your sister because it makes their mind think back on some things that they used to do and it causes and it entices their flesh. And so you don't want to be a stumbling block, but they know you listen to it. Now, what makes a Christian a hypocrite is when they lie and say they don't. I don't listen to R&B. And then I pull up to a stoplight and there you are bumping your head and your music is loud and I can hear you. But yet you just said you didn't do that. That's a hypocrite. Those, those are the people that Jesus talked to in the Bible, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when he talked about, you want to put all these rules on the people, but yet are you doing them? Half, they won't do them themselves, but you, they wanted all the people to do them, but yet they weren't doing, doing them. And a lot of times, you know, I don't want to get off um, topic, but a lot of times what happens is that people would teach a thing and not live it themselves. Or they won't say that they're struggling with it. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying you struggle. There's nothing wrong with saying God still need to deliver you from this because for one, I can't reach a real people who are looking for a real God. If they think I'm, I, I'm at a, a point in my life where I have arrived. 
I can't. I can't reach real people needing a real God if I pretend as though I'm higher. I am God himself. I do no sin. I do nothing wrong. We can't reach uh, those that are needing a real God like that. We just can't do it. And that's a heart issue. What is it on the inside of your heart that makes you feel that you have got to present yourself as being perfect? You know, sometimes you got to look at the person in the mirror and say, what is it about me that makes me feel as though I don't present myself being perfect that is bothering me? What is it that is touching on the inside of me? And the, the hardest person that we have to try to get delivered from stuff is ourselves because it's ugly when we have to look in the mirror and look at the real person that's standing there and look at those real issues that we deal with. That's the hurtful thing. It's, it's hurtful to know that I might be dealing with something that I thought that I was, I, I was done with. It's ugly. It's ugly to talk about some issues that I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about this guy because it hurts. And who wants to go through the pain? But it's better to hurt now and be delivered and be set free versus having to live a lie. It's harder to live a lie because whatever's in a man's heart, it's, gonna, it's bound to come out. It's going to come out because that's who you are at the core. So sadly, we far too often learn of sexual misdeeds and other immoral actions by Christian leaders, once again, resulting in discredit to the body of Christ. It is almost as if the unspoken message has become, it's okay to do what you want as long as you don't get caught. And it seems like that's a common theme that people are living by nowadays. As long as you don't get caught, it's all right. No, it's not all right. No, it's not all right. If it can't, if somebody can't videotape you doing something, then it's not all right. If somebody can't record your conversation, then it's not all right. It's not all right. Whether it's me, if I'm doing something, I know I told um, a group of people, 2020 was my worst year. I said some things that I had to go back and apologize for. I had to repent for some things. Brianna's not perfect. I don't mind saying, look at here. I acted out an emotion and I said some things that was just ugly. And the Lord was not pleased with what I said. And so with all that being said, you can't go around here pretending because you can fool man all day, but who you can't fool is God. God knows a man's heart. He knows your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things. It'll have us doing some crazy things out here. And the Lord knows our hearts. He knows our motives. And that's why it's important for us to get in the word of God, because the only thing that can discern your heart is the word of God. It is sharper and quicker than any two-edged sword cutting down to the very asunder, discerning the thoughts and the intents. And so how can I know what's in my heart and know what is right or wrong? Because a person who says that they, I'm going to just follow my heart, you need to back up because our heart can be wrong. Our hearts can be wrong because in our hearts, the you know, uh, the Bible tells us that uh, we are to hide the word in our hearts that we may meditate upon it day and night. So if the if the heart can house the word of God, what else can the heart house? What else is there that the heart can really house? It can house hurts. It can house it can uh, it houses past experiences. It houses memories. And so sometimes we don't even realize that those things are what is causing us, causing us to be who we are today. That's why it's important for us to get in the word of God every day, that we may renew our minds, renew our hearts daily. 
renew our hearts daily because it will get out of control. And us, especially as women, we are very emotional beings. When I say emotional, we will act out of emotions. Why? Because when we do things, when we give of ourselves, nine times out of 10, we're giving of all of us. We're not just giving a portion, we're giving, us, giving it all because that's who we are. We're, we're nurturers, we're carers. Um, we want to make sure people are good. We want to make sure that we can be a help to somebody else. That's just who we are, especially women. Listen to this, especially the men. We are so guilty of giving ourselves to a man that don't give himself back to us. And then we find ourselves in a state of hurt. And then the relationship can be long gone. And guess what? We still acting on a hurt from 10 years ago. And so God tries to send us our good man and we don't even recognize him because we're too busy thinking about Joe Bob back 10 years ago. And that's just how it is. So what is character? Character is a person, a person's character is who they really are at the core. We all think about a lot of things that are not godly and things we should be ashamed of if they were available for all to know. Abraham Lincoln once said, character is like a tree and reputation like a shadow. The shadow is what we think of it. The tree is the real thing. So my reputation is what others think of me, which may or may not be true. But my character is who I really am. Your character is the real you in the sense that you cannot separate what you do from who you are. You can't separate. You can try. You can do it for a little while, but it ain't going to last. Who you are is who you are. Get you in the right pressure. I always tell people, get people in the middle of pressure. You can find out who they are. In the middle of a storm, you will find out who people really are. Because when pressure is applied, you can't help but to be who you are at the core. Because enough pressure, if, a, if they say pressure produces diamonds, what do you think is, is producing, producing in us? So that's something that we really need to think about. Have, and God told the children of Israel when he took them into the wilderness, he said, I brought you out here to try you, to show you what's in your heart. And they showed what was really in their heart. They showed what kind of character they had. They, uh, manna wasn't good enough. They wanted some meat. Now, mind you, God fed them daily with manna, but they wanted quail. Uh, they wanted meat, so God gave them quail, gave them enough quail. He told them only get a little bit of the manna per day. They wanted to get more, more quail. I mean, it was never enough for these people. It was always a complaint. Their minds stayed in Egypt. How many of you at the core of who you are constantly see yourself looking back where you used to be, when God done delivered you from that, when God has you in a, in a good place. And even though it don't seem like it's good, the children of Israel was in the wilderness. It was a good place because it was better than Egypt. Anytime God's taking you out of sin, it's better than the sin that you were in, even though it's the wilderness. Because God still provides, y'all gonna make me shout. God still provides in the wilderness. He'll make it rain in a desert place. He'll make manna fall down from heaven in a wilderness place. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it for myself. I don't know where we're going to get our next food from, our next meal from. Oh, but we got some oodles and noodles. We're going to tell the Lord, thank you for these oodles and noodles. Because after this, I know God's got more. But right now, we are satisfied with what he's doing in the midst 
of a wilderness situation because God is always with us. Whether he's speaking or whether he's quiet, he's still there. He's going to make sure that he provides everything that we need. Amen. So. So character is the collective of a person's ethical and moral qualities, and it is demonstrated through the choices we make. So a person of good character is someone who acts morally and ethically upright. Undoubtedly, we are all a mixture of both good and bad. I am not saying that you have to have good character. A person never makes any missteps. Rather, he is someone who is always striving to take the high road. And when he recognizes he has good some, has done something wrong, does what is necessary to get back on track with God. So David said it best. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou, thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. He taught me he had, he thought he had gotten away with the sin um, with Bathsheba, but he didn't. Because I don't care where we go, we can go to the depths of hell and we can be in the depths of hell and not get away with nothing. And not get away with nothing because God is always there. Where can I go, David? Say, where can I go that you're not there? If I go to hell, you're there. So the list of high value character traits is extensive and includes such things as integrity, courage, honor, honesty, and fortitude. In addition to the many honorable traits there are, we Christians will also want to make sure that we are pursuing those virtues that God exposes, espouses unto us. Certainly this list for us will incorporate the distinguishing qualities of love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, and humility. In fact, it had been said that the fruit of the spirit mentioned in Galatians 5, 22 through 23 represented the character of Christ. And if you study the character of Christ, then you will understand that God, that Jesus, um, being the word embodied in flesh was the representation of and is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And so God is trying to get us to walk in these, these attributes and these fruits of the spirit. And he's trying to get these things worked out on it, worked out of us. Then he's going to put us in different situations where he prunes us different situations where we can find out what we need to work on. He's going to um, put us in situations where if it ain't right, we're going to get it right if we love the Lord. The type of character you have is your choice. So it's your choice on how you act. It's your choice on who you're going to be. It's your choice. God is a gentleman, so he doesn't pressure himself. He doesn't push himself on us. He doesn't push himself on us, not at all. And so he's not going to make you choose to do right, he's not going to make you do wrong. It's your choice on what you're going to do. It's your choice on how you're going to react to a situation. And the more that you choose to do right, the more that you are at peace within yourself. Why? Because at the end of the day, I was telling someone, I said, you know, I can be, you can be married, getting ready to go through a divorce, a bitter divorce, but you can know, and you can know this, there's no way around it, but it's how you act in the midst of that marriage before you separate. And so that means that I could either go about talking 
and 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 being disgruntled and and talking about my spouse knowing that we're going to separate or i can be at peace in the midst of that storm i can be at peace and when i say be at peace meaning that if i got to talk about it let me take it to jesus let me take it to Jesus, because what happens is, is that you'll walk away from that thing. And when you walk away, if you got any Holy Spirit, God's going to convict you and draw you back and make you go back and forgive. I'd rather walk away with my hands clean and, and, and my hands are not dirty. It don't matter. I don't have to go back and say, I'm sorry. Sorry for what? Because I loved, I did what I was supposed to do until God separated us. And, I'm, and sometimes, you know, some things is just the way it is. And I'm not going to say that God separates. I'm going to take that back. Not God, but we made a decision that we're going to separate. Amen. So um, Romans 5 and 12, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all men because all sin. Adam's story is filled with numerous character lessons. When he sinned, Adam's character demonstrated rebellion and rejection of God. Although Adam was created physically and morally perfect, he chose to disobey God, and character is always the result of choices. Adam's actions included disobedience and a lack of submitting to God, which is what we call pride. One of the most important traits of godly character is humility. It is the polar opposite of pride. The words of the prophet Obedibad, written thousands of years ago, years later, reign as true for Adam as they do for us today. Um, the pride of your heart has deceived you. Oh gosh, I think that is so good. Um, and don't forget, guys, if you want to um, have something to say, put it in the chat. But I think this is so good because the pride in our heart can deceive us and make us do some things that we ought not be doing and say and and say it's right. Uh, the ways of a man will lead them down the road to destruction because of pride, because God is telling you to close your mouth and yet you're still choosing to talk. God is saying, just simply pray about it. Give it to me. I handle it. And you're choosing to talk and you still don't understand why in the world things ain't working out. Well, it's not working out because God told you what to do and you keep talking and you're not doing nothing. When we talk, or when we do things that's contrary against the will of God, any storm that's in our life, we don't do nothing but make it worse. We have the ability to make a storm worse in our life by the actions that we take. And we wonder, I'm looking for peace. I can't find no peace. I, everything is just messed up. And it's because you spoke things you shouldn't have spoke. It's because you said things you shouldn't have said. It's because when you should have been leaning on God, you're leaning on people. It's your character that's messing it up. It's your character. I don't know nobody I can trust. It's number one, because in the storm, sometimes God only wants you to come to him. But we choose to go to everybody else. I had to learn that the hard way. I had to learn it the hard way. A storm came and I want to talk to everybody about it, but can't nobody fix it. But God, I won't do nothing but making it worse. I was making myself feel worse because I said, this is not me. I'm sitting here saying things I shouldn't say. I felt bad. I felt real bad. Because I said, I shouldn't be saying this stuff because it was said about me. I, it will hurt my feelings. And so I had to go back and repent. Something I shouldn't have had to do. Why? Because number one, I knew what to do. I made a conscious choice to go and act on emotions and act in my hurt and do a thing and messed it up. I messed that thing up. 
but God came back and gave me another chance to get it right. Glory be to God. And he'll do the same thing to everyone. But if we just choose to do the right thing the first time, we won't have to worry about that. Pride, pride, pride I have is doing things that's crazy. I want to have the last word. So, or I want to, I want to make sure that everybody knows that I'm right. Why do you have to know? Why do everybody have to know you right? Your character will speak for itself. Your character will speak for itself. If that is who you are, then that's who you're going to be everywhere you go. In the grocery store, you're going to be who you are at your home. You're going to be at who you are at your church. You're going to be who you are at your workplace. I don't care what they say about you. They can say you're nasty. They can say you're unloving. They can say you're unkind. But your character, if you are not who they say you are, be everywhere you go. You're so nice. You're so loving. Because you can't pretend but for so long. God will make, give you a stage, put you on the front street. I promise you, he'll give you a stage. He'll put you in the front street. He'll cause everybody to see who you really are. They said, they, what they said, they meant it for evil. But God came back and he turned it around and he fixed it on your behalf. He vindicated you. You don't have to vindicate yourself. He vindicates you. And when he vindicates you, he does it for the masses to see. He's the one who has shut the lion's mouth. He does that. It's a song that I love to hear. And they say, do God, do what you do what you do. He shuts the lion's mouth. He's, he parts red seas. God has stop a storm. He's given us the power to stop storms. And so what God is telling you to do on today is to be who you are. Don't let the pressures of life change you up. Don't let the devil trip you up on tonight. You be who you being the whole or who you're called to be. That's what God is telling us. Stop letting the devil, the things that the devil do get to you. Stop letting what the devil do change up who you are. Don't stop letting the devil get to your heart. The only way that the, the easiest way for the devil to get to your heart is when you when you stop praying. When you're not praying like you ought to pray. If you're not praying like you ought to pray, then you, you, you're left uncovered. Because prayer, man ought to always pray. We always got something to pray for. And prayer is the only way we're going to build a relationship with God. The only way we're going to be intimate and know who God is is not only through his word, but through, his pr but through prayer too. And so it's in our times of prayer that when we're praying and we're praying in the spirit that God comes in and he covers you. My Lord, my Lord. And the, the closer we get to the Lord, the closer we, we're, we're with the Lord, the more we learn how he loves us and the more we want to satisfy the Lord, the more that we want to make sure that he's always happy with us. And so, yeah, this right here, it's hurting my heart. Yeah, it's hurting my feelings, the things that they are saying. But guess what? Because I love my father. I don't want to disappoint him. I'd rather disappoint people before I disappoint my father. Because at the end of the day, the only one good thing that stays true in our life is God. He, he stays the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's going to always be who he is. He's the only one that's going to love us without conditions. Because if he didn't love us, if he loved us with conditions, then he never would have sent his son. He loves us without conditions. Can't nothing separate the love that he has from us. Can't nothing, nobody pluck us out his hands. I don't care what they say. If God ain't said, then it ain't so. It's not.
If God ain't said it, ain't so. And the problem is a lot of times we, 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 we get out of character because we don't really know who we are. And so those words that people say are actions that people take against us or when storms arise and we don't know how we're going to pay our bills or we don't know what we're going to do when the job closed down. It's because we don't know who we are and we really don't know who we serve because when we know who we serve, then we know that he is a provider. And his word says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed ever begging for bread. And so I know that my father's going to take care of me. I know what it looked like, but I know who I serve. Do you know who you serve on tonight? Do you know his love that he has for you on tonight? Because if you know how much he loves you, then baby, there's nothing that should come and be able to shake your tree to the point where you don't fell down. I'm just telling you, we're living in some times where we don't know what tomorrow might bring. We living in some times where we don't know where our money might be cut off. We're living in times now that if we don't know Jesus like we ought to know Jesus, ain't nothing going to sustain us. All the money in the world can't keep you. You got to know where you're going. If I leave this life on today, I served a, I lived a life where one day I go and wake up and see my father in heaven. You got to live yet to live again because nothing is promised. Where your, where's your heart at? Wherever your heart is, is where your treasures is. And so if you got your treasures only on material things, then you're going to have a life filled with ups and downs and maybes and sometimes and I love you today and don't love you tomorrow. Somebody say something to you and you're getting all mad. You don't know how to love your enemies the way you ought to love them. You don't know how to bless them that curse you. I heard people talk saying that they're going to pray witchcraft prayer. God ain't never told us to pray no witchcraft prayer. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm going to bless you anyway. When I go in my prayer, you're going to be the main one I pray about. Why? Because I, my heart's desire is linked up to my father's heart's desire for you. I pray that you prosper. I pray that everything you touch, that it prospers. I pray that wherever you put your feet on, that it shall be yours. Why? Because I know the God that I serve and you are his. You're not mine. I can't punish you. Lord knows there are things that I need to be punished for. So I don't have time to sit around here cursing people. And we ought not have time to be cursing one another. Amen. I, it's too much going on in the body of Christ that the devil is just sitting back and laughing. We are to be good soldiers on the battlefield for the Lord. We ought not be looking to the world for our answers. And the world should not be looking at us making a mockery of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, saying that's why they don't go to church. No, no, we ought to be a light unto the lost and dying world. Are you a light? Are you a light? Or are you turning people away from the gospel? How do you handle situations? You got to go through storms with your hands raised up and tell them the Lord, thank you anyway, because at the end of it, God's going to turn that thing around, but it's how you go through it. It's how you go through it. And we're going to talk, I got a lesson we're going to talk about next week in um, Sufficient Grace. I meant to do it this week, but it's all right because the Holy Spirit is having its way. But I want you to know that your character is so important in this season of life. Your reputation can get you in a place, but baby, your character is what is going to keep you. It's your character. It's what is going to keep you, not nothing else. People can talk good about you. People can talk bad about you. But it's when people are in your company, it's what they see. 
So Philippians 4 and 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about, su think about such things. I had to learn this, and I'm still learning it, that in the midst of trials, where is your, where, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? We got power to thread over every circle. We got power to, to, to cast down um, thoughts that come. And sometimes you got to sit there. I'm telling and I'm telling you, my kids probably looked at me and thought I was a lunatic because it would be times I would sit in my chair. I sit in my chair because my heart was broken. I sit in my chair because things, I just didn't know how God was going to work it out. And these thoughts would come, come into my mind. The enemy kept shooting them, kept shooting these thoughts. And all I could say was, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. We got to get back to pleading the blood of Jesus. We got to get back to using the blood. Plead the blood of Jesus over your mind. Plead the blood of Jesus over your children. Plead the blood of Jesus over your homes. But plead the blood over your minds so that the so that those fiery thoughts thought and those darts that the enemy shoot at you, they don't start controlling you. They don't start taking root in your life. They don't start having you looking at and, and saying and, and feeling a certain type of way because that's the enemy's job. His job is to come steal. He wants to come and steal the the, the word out of your heart. He wants to come and steal your joy. He wants to come and steal your faith because any man that goes to God must believe that he is. And if, if he can come and steal your belief that God is, then that's what it's going to do if you allow him. Because God is whatever you can ever think or imagine. He's above all things. The name of Jesus is above all things. And so I can call on the name of Jesus when I feel as though I'm, I'm ready to give up or I can call on the name of Jesus when I'm feeling lonely or I can feel the attacks of the enemy coming up upon me. I call on the name of Jesus. And when I call on that name, everything must flee. And if I got to call on it, call on that name for 30 minutes, I'm going to call on his name for 30 minutes because I promise you, it's not about the attack that's going on around you. It's about something that God is trying to work out on the inside of you. I'm telling you what I know. And all of this builds up your character because then when you go out and you begin to talk to people, you begin to tell them about the goodness of Jesus. It's not, oh, I'm going through this or I heard about this and oh, the, the presidency and things. That's not what's going to come out your mouth. What's going to come out your mouth is that we got a king and his name is Jesus. And so it don't matter who's in the office, I'm covered. And everything that I need, God going to make sure that he supplies it because he says it in his word. I'm still praying for whoever's in the office. I'm praying for those who thought they knew who was going in the office. I don't have nothing bad to say about them either. But what I do have to say is, is that God is good. And in the middle of everything that we go through, God is still good. In the midst of turmoil, God is still good. In the midst of sickness, in the midst of coronavirus, God is still good. God is good when I'm not good. God is good when folk around me ain't so good. God is still good when I don't know where my next meal going to come from. God is still good. He's still good. And God still performs. He's going to perform to the day of Christ because that's his word. Amen. So whatever you have learned, 
or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And that's Philippians 4 and 9. And we're going to go ahead and end. But whatever you have learned, whatever you have read, whatever God has placed in your spirit, whatever's in your heart, make sure you grab a hold of it. Don't let it go. Don't let nobody come and tell you anything different. But you need to hold on to it. And you need to make sure that you hold on to it with all you got, especially in this season. Because there are going to be things said, there are going to be things done because the enemy wants to take your soul. He's the enemy that doesn't want you to make it into those pearly gates. He doesn't want you to heal. Well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. Make him out to be the liar that he is. And you hold on to what you've learned. You hold on to the teachings. You hold on to, your whole, to the Holy Spirit. You hold on to the power. And when it seems like you're at your wit's end and you can't take it no more, call on the name of Jesus. Whatever you do, don't act that on emotion. Don't let the devil. That's just like when I tell people, you know, uh, when I look at some of my young people and they're, and they're going about their time, their day and they're doing things. And I'm like, mm, see, you're acting just like they say you are. Don't act like the enemy say you are. You act like a child of God, even in the midst of storms. So I pray that this lesson blessed you. I pray that you join us again on next Tuesday, um, 709. I pray that um, if something was said to bless you, that you let us know. Um, you can email us at brianna276 at gmail.com. Um, and we have a we have a new cash app for the ministry. Sister Shelly, we'll put it up next week. But if you guys wanted to sow into the ministry, uh, we do we are we do have a building fund. Um, but if you want to sow into the ministry, you can um, cash at Bree39. Um, if you have prayer requests, again, email those. Um, and we pray that you enjoyed and that you got something out of the lesson. And um, if all hearts and minds are clear, um, we're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Father God, we thank you for this lesson. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Lord, I thank you for every listener. God, I thank you, Father God, for feeding us on tonight. God, cause us not to be just hearers, but cause us to be doers of your word as well, Father God. And God, we thank you. And God, we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Good night. Thank you for joining us and don't forget to subscribe and share. Thank you for your support and don't forget, if you'd like to show your support, you can find the link in the description. Join our online community via Facebook at Woman to Woman Inspire. We love you and remember, you are an inspiration. See you next Tuesday.